You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. And welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. This week's guest is one of the hardest workers in the Blaze TV building as the executive producer of The Chad Prather Show. Candace Ortiz is her name, and she's a big David Bowie fan. She wants to learn Yiddish and has recently taken to learning a trick to use at a casino. Also in our conversation today, Candace tells us an interesting story about spending the night at a water park where ghosts may or may not like to hang out after dark. Get ready for some strange goings-on with Candace Ortiz in this week's edition of At The Mic. I am today joined by someone who I hope is in the process right now of muting her phone, as opposed to playing Fruit Ninja, or whatever you're doing over there. Candace Ortiz, a uh, producer here at The Blaze. You haven't denied that you were playing Fruit Ninja while I was introducing you there, I'd like to point out. I didn't want to jump you on the introduction. Okay. So I was going to let you finish and then go back to the Fruit Ninja thing, because uh-huh. I took offense to that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Did you? Never. Never. It was solitaire. So she produces, stop me if I get anything wrong here, Chad Prather's show here at The Blaze TV Correct. family. Correct. And we'll get into her past here under Yikes. this roof, because... She used know. to be a part of a different show, but okay. we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, anyhow. It's an open wound still is it? <laughs> for <laughs> all of us. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. I like how uh, the prep for this interview, yeah. you would print it up very nicely. Yeah. I email questions. I print them up. And then filed it away promptly in the trash can, that's, which you had to dig through before we started the conversation. That's so, not inaccurate. Believe me, I know how much this means to you. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, getting ready to hit record here, and I couldn't find your questions. Like I was looking at them this morning. I was looking at your answers, and and they were pretty like in depth questions to ask yeah. and answer. And well, so the fact that those I answers cl- would just be looming around the office for anyone <laughs> to see, not a fan. Sorry, I had to clear off my desk this morning before this very important interview, and I apologize that yes, the the mm. print up of your answers got caught up in the uh, garbage. Garbage. So you were born in Arizona. I was. Whereabouts? So I was born uh, outside of like Arizona City. Wait, I the, always get it confused. The town is Arizona, Arizona City? Arizona City. Wow, that's creative. Yeah, right. They really tried there. But yeah, yeah that's where I was born. That's all, where all my family um, kind of still is. Mm. My family, uh, my immediate family is the only one who moved outside of Arizona, technically. Mm. Um, where did they end up? So we traveled all over. So I've lived in New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, uh, Washington State. Wow. And then uh, we landed in Texas. And Wait, so You kind of did the uh, the Four Corners region. I did. I attempted to. Yeah. It, but you were in Washington State as well? Yes. So that was my favorite place to live. I lived in Everett, which happens to also be the home of the one and only Glenn Beck. So we, oh, you know. Oh, very cool. Everett just produced a lot of great people in the form of Glenn. And then I came out of there too. <laughs> got it. Got it. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm busy uh, looking up uh, Arizona city, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, how many people live there? Oh, I have no clue. 10,000. Oh, there's your answer. 10,000 South of Phoenix. Yes. Okay. Very cool. All right. It's, I mean, nice little entrance there with a couple of palm trees at the, uh, you know, they were kind of like, let's not mess around with names. 
Let's just get <laughs> right s- to the point. Keep it simple. Yep. All right. What was so great about Everett, Washington? Like, so you were born in Arizona City, Arizona. Mm-hmm. How long were you there? Uh, probably two years. Oh. Not very long at oh, all. Oh, so you have a lot of memories there. I have place. so many. All the fundamental things were in that city. But um, I moved pretty much every three years. I was going to say six different states. Yeah. You're very young now. Thank uh, you. And uh, well, how old are you? <laughs> 24. 24. So when did you get to Texas? I got to Texas uh, 10 years ago. Okay, so 14. Yep. I'm good at math. Thank you. So every couple of years, yeah. why were you moving so much? Um, just my dad's job brought us to a lot of different places. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, he would continue going to different states as we would stay in them. So like when we were in Washington State, he also worked in Boston. Mm-hmm. And then when we were in Texas here when I was a little bit younger, he also worked in like Washington, D.C., Houston, California. So it kept us from having to move even more, but at the same time, uh, we did get to travel a lot and see a lot of the the country. Well, that must have been tough making friends then if you're uprooting yourself and your life every couple of years, right? Uh, I think I was too young to like have best friends forever, you know, kind of thing. So that was yeah. kind of what made it easy because moving was always really fun. But I'm glad that when we finally settled in Texas, I was just starting high school. Yes. I feel like any more moving after that would have been very difficult. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 14. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you loved Everett, Washington. Do you mm-hmm. enjoy Texas? I do love Texas. Okay. Texas is my second favorite. Um, and I've been here for 10 years now, so I feel really established. Texas is home to me. So that's really, really nice. But I also liked uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and... Fun fact, Pat of Pat Gray Unleashed yeah. was on the air when I lived in Salt Lake City. Wow, and you listened and I to, was, to the show all the time? Yes, I was the brimming really? age of three years old, oh. and I was just captivated. I got it, got it. <laughs> all right, and you have an older sister. I do have an older how sister. How much older? 18 years. So how did that happen? <laughs> you know, we have yet to figure that one out. Wow, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah, 18 years, then my parents were like, this one's not working out. Let's let's try again. Start over. Yeah. Okay. Nothing like a fresh start. Well, Eighteen congrats years. Congrats to you. When I was born, my sister was headed off to college. No kidding. For right? reference. So. Okay. And speaking of college, mm-hmm. you went to both Texas A and M and North Texas University. I did. How'd that happen? Um, it was a long, drawn out process. I went to Texas A and M to study animation. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you, do you have artistic abilities where you can draw and whatnot, or is this yes. all computer stuff? Or? Yes. Okay. Um, yes to what? Artistic abilities. Wow. I'd love to learn the computer stuff, but I only lasted a year at Texas A&M. I was going to say, because wasn't the last animated Disney movie by hand, wasn't that The Little Mermaid? Correct. I believe so, yeah. So, were you, were you trying to bring back that, <laughs> that <laughs> well, you kind the, of... You learned the um, transition from, like paper to computer okay, okay. through a major called visualization and a lot of the people who work at pixar and walt disney animation studios are actually plucked from that program at texas a&m university oh wow and a lot of um a lot of them actually worked on like monsters university and monsters inc and uh-huh. so there's a lot of references to texas a&m in those two films because a, a majority of the animators were from there um, but I gotta I go back and watch those again now. Right? Um, but I didn't last <laughs> yeah, very why not? long. What happened? Um, it was just not for me. It was kind of one of those things where you're like, uh, this is not a good fit. So it wasn't that college wasn't your thing. It was that Texas A&M wasn't. Right. It was very steeped in tradition. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone around me was like a fifth generation Aggie. And there's military, 
right? So somewhat, somewhat, yeah. right? That's what the foundational. Yeah, I know they still of have some of that. I don't. Um, the Corps of Cadets and everything yeah. like that. But everyone around me was like, my great grandfather went here, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I have no understanding <laughs> or basis for that. And then I went to ended up at UNT studying radio, television, and film, and here we are today. So you went to college to be an animator. Yes. But you ended up in radio and TV. Yes. How far we fall. No. Okay. Well, that's not where <laughs> I was kidding, going. I'm kidding. I wanted to ask you, does part of you still want to pursue the animation? Oh, heck yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So what are you uh, hoping to do? Make m- cartoons? Make movies? I'd love to do that. Children's books? Like, oh, I, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just love that whole aspect of it. And mm. it still fascinates me today, even though I'm doing news production, which is like a completely different part of your brain to utilize, but I still love it. Just the same. So would you rather write a children's story or illustrate a children's story? Probably illustrate a children's story. Mm-hmm. But there's there's something in me that uh, I, I would like doing both. But something more on the illustration side is probably like if I had to pick, if that makes any sense. Okay. And just between you and me, I won't oh, tell Chad Prather uh, whose show you produce. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could just go into that world of animation right now. Yeah. As opposed to news and politics and, and the kind of uh, stuff you have to cover with your job, mm-hmm. would you jump ship and do that? I mean, hmm. it's a far-fetched thing, but maybe. Okay. I always say if Joe Rogan is looking for another producer, oh, no. I'm jumping ship fast. Oh, wow. But that's not <laughs> animation. I know. I'm, I'm a broad Renaissance woman. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate you making a Joe Rogan reference because now... I can put Joe Rogan as a keyword into this podcast. I would have just put Joe Rogan as a keyword anyway. In every podcast. podcast. That's a good point. I should start doing that. It doesn't matter. You could just put any keywords. No one's going to see your keywords. Those are private. Yeah, exactly. And and his show is always uh, trending around number one. Number one. You know, a measly 20-something million views and downloads. I mean, rig the system, man. (laughs) I love this. That's great. How do you think I got here? Uh, Wait, what? Hmm? Uh, Hard work and perseverance. No? Sure. Mm, yeah. Okay. Sure. We'll go with that. So uh, you grew up. You went to college. Uh, you learned radio and TV. Yes. Was that a direct path then from North Texas to the Blaze? Absolutely. So it's funny. I uh, was kind of looking for an internship. And a few years before, when I was too young to get an internship, because it just wasn't that point in my college journey, Someone was like, oh, you know, Glenn Beck's company moved to Texas and that would be a spot to to intern for. And so I was like, okay, logged that away in my brain. And when it came time to internships, um, I applied here, got in. It was the second only ever internship class here at the Blaze. Mm. And then when I left, I was like, okay, that's a that's a possibility to to go back to in the future. And then uh, finished up my degree and about a month after got the job at the blaze wow so, that takes us up to very recently right yeah no i'm only about a year and a half out of college right so yeah. full of youthful ignorance uh-huh yeah because <laughs> you actually came on board with pat gray unleashed i did the show that i produce and you did a great job with us thank you that was that was a fun show i kind of miss it sometimes yeah because i wake up like at 3 a.m still <laughs> and you're like of. wait I'm, I'm supposed to be somewhere and i'm <laughs> like oh that the adrenaline and pure like pandemonium right before the six o'clock hour. I was going to say, so you look at the clock, it's 3 a.m. You think, mm-hmm. oh, I missed that, but 
boy, I'm about to get several more hours of sleep. Right? And then and then you quickly realize, oh, you know what? It's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, getting back, uh, cutting the Z's. Getting some sleep. So, uh, yeah. And I, and I told you at the time, I told you that somebody in this building is going to pluck you off of that show. You predicted the future Sooner, in the form of a... And I do that a lot. Walking cowboy hat. Walking cowboy hat. <laughs> Chad Prather comes along. <laughs> and, I mean, the writing was on the wall, obviously, from the beginning, that you were going to be uh, whisked away. I hope you're... Ha- are you having fun down there, at least? I have a lot of fun Very down good. there. Um, but I have to say, sometimes I've, I've filled in a couple times since I've left the Pat Gray show. And I have to say, every single time when I come in at that time and I get to be a part of the show again, it's still so much fun. And I, and crazy. to be honest, I, I miss it. Aww. I do. It's crazy. It's chaotic right up till the, the yes. theme music starts. There was one morning, I remember, I ended up directing Oh gosh. the Pat Gray Unleashed show. Let me guess. Was that a morning that uh, one <laughs> Martin Garcia slept in? It was. I mean, overslept? I have never <laughs> been so terrified in my life. I've never directed a show before, ever. And about... Ten uh. minutes before showtime, we realize Martin's not here, and it goes into just like emergency mode. Uh-huh. And before I knew it, I was like ramping up, like talking to the people who do the records for us in Connecticut. In Connecticut, and getting ready to uh, direct the show. And poor Rob was Rob on the audio board. Moved to the audio board because Martin wasn't here. Yeah, I mean, we're I can see Martin from where I'm sitting right now. Martin runs the technical uh, audio uh, portion of the Pat Gray Unleashed program, <laughs> and he is currently oblivious through the glass that we are saying all of this about him. But yeah, he puts us in that position uh, on, it was, on occasion. It was probably one of the most fun mornings. I had ever had. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. The adrenaline rush, the panic. Oh, I hate that. I was so, I was, oh my goodness. I was learning everything on the go. Like how, when you guys went to ad breaks. You were sick. Learning how to put things in like banners at the bottom of the screen. And I was like, let's not go to break because I don't know how to do that. (laughs) Let's make this a two hour segment, y'all. No stops, just keep on going right on through. (laughs) Yeah. So what time did he eventually get here? Um, I show, think show it was starts about, at 6 o'clock Central. I think it was about 30 or 40 minutes in, I feel like. Oh Maybe my. closer to 30. But it was. Uh, it felt like hours. Yeah. Every minute but was an it was eternity. But it, was it was so fun. much fun. Oh, you're, man. And this is not, however, the only job you know, working in this building at The Blaze that you've had. You worked at a water park? I did, in my youth. What's a Christian-based water park? What does that mean? That's a great question. So whenever I say this story, I accidentally, well, I say almost all the time accidentally, a Christian-themed water park, which doesn't really go well. Um, I just don't know how that works. It's a Christian-based water park. Um, Here locally in Texas? Yes. And so... uh, Who is that? I'm not going to say the name, but it was... uh, I mean... (laughs) I'm still confused about it to this day. Is there just one or is there a whole bunch of them? I, I'm thinking there's a whole bunch of them. Hmm. I'm not going to get too specific. Um, I'm mouthing the, the name of the park. I not that one. No, not oh, that wow. one. Then I have no Try idea again. what you're talking about. Okay, okay good. No, this, the more good. anonymous, the better. But um, <laughs> So I worked there during college and I'd come home for the summer and I'd be working at a water park. And you open the water park and you close the water park. So these were like 12-hour shifts every oh, single day. Oh, no, out in the sun? Monday, like seven days a week. We didn't even get Sundays off. Seven days a week. I thought you said it was a Christian base. So it was obviously not a water park which run by Chick-fil-A. More, which leads to more confusion, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and so by the end of the summer, all these college kids would be heading back to campus early. 
and I was one of the stragglers who would just like go there like the weekend before school started. And so I would end up rotating around the park doing all the jobs. So I would work in the kitchen. I would <laughs> make food. I would take tickets. I would do customer service. I was like a manager. And then I was also like an interim lifeguard with no lifeguard training. So then I would just send kids down the slide. I would send kids down these slides and I'd be like, please stand up at the end. Just please stand up. Please just stand up in the water. You're not drowning. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be fine. Um, And so, yeah, that was uh, that was a incredible three summers that that happened for. Did you ever have to save anybody's life uh, without your without any training? I think one time and I radioed for help as far as, you know as I could as fast as I could and mm. thankfully someone else was relatively close to me that could actually uh do something worth noting. So you've you've literally had someone's life in your hands with no training whatsoever. If I'm the one with the life like your life in my hands mm-hmm. um it's I mean, it's not looking good. It's odds are not in your favor. <laughs> it's not going to okay. be good. No, but yeah, that was that was fun and Everyone was a little bit younger than us. So there was about like four managers and we were all like dumb college kids. And everyone below us was like 16 years old. This was their first job. No one knew how to count. So like doing money. First of all, I've been there. So I mean, (laughs) I'm there every day, but go ahead. None of these kids could count money. None of these kids could give change back. That (laughs) is the the plague right there. That's what has fallen onto our society where... A cash register uh-huh. has to tell you yeah. what to do. So you can imagine our trouble when the power system went out for the credit card machines for like several weeks at a time. Um, we forgot to pay the water bill one one month, oh, which leads to a lot of trouble when you run a water park. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and uh, I actually spent the night there twice. Because there was a string of what we thought were robberies going on. And so the owner was like... That's a, um, nice, that's a, that's a nice setup. First of all, that plague of not being able to count change and all that right. stuff, that, is, that extends all over the place. Not just teenagers at a water park. I've had that experience recently at a Burger King drive through where the lady said that the cash register, like the power was out or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, I kid. saw your Twitter video. Yeah, so I, I, I said, hey, we can figure this out. You know, just leave more cash than you need. <laughs> How about no. just take this as a tip? And Whatever you can, the difference is, just right. take it. And you can smell through the open window of the drive-thru uh-huh. the flame-broiled burgers that oh. are calling my name. I want one the of those. The Impossible Burger? Nuts. No. The not, Impossible Burger, no. fight me on this, no. is better than their burger. I will fight you on this because it tastes different and I don't like uh, it. It tastes better. It, it, you, you accept it like for three bites and mm-hmm. then you go, wait... Something's not computing with my brain. That the signal is getting interrupted, and I'm gonna pass. I want to have a little mystery to what I'm eating. Oh gosh, weirdo. Anyway, <laughs> if you if you have me take that test, like a blindfold test of the Impossible Burger and the Whopper, I assure you, I will pick out the difference. And you I might have to try that out. Let's do that. That's good. Okay. So but anyhow, yeah, kids can't count. So I love how you set up that story. We thought we were uh, dealing with burglaries. What 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 happened? Um. So there was again. I was leading a group of a lot of young kids, and uh, they were very terrified that there was a ghost at the park. Oh no! Because we would have a lot of radio interference, and um, 
<laughs> I'm listening. I'm rolling my eyes, but I'm right, listening. Right. And then kids would um, complain because we had to clear the park every night. So the managers would start at the very end of the park and we'd walk through the entirety of it to make sure every kid and every parent were out of the park before we closed the gates. And there'd always be like this one area of the park where the lifeguard would have to jump in. It would be the end of the day, sun's going down. It's no longer really hot, so you can't dry off as fast. They'd have to jump in because they'd see a little kid oh, go wait. into the water oh. and not come up. Oh, like like an aberration or something? Yeah, apparently. No way. And so these lifeguards were getting upset because they're like, I jumped in and there's no kid in there and now I'm soaking wet and I have to drive home. Like, <laughs> And so this was happening like every evening. Well, that also had to terrify y'all that... That kid is is somewhere beneath the water out there. Exactly. And that's what led us to be like, okay, something is going on. And we had to like do multiple clearings of the parks every single night to make sure that everyone oh. was out because oh. we were like terrified. And is it after dark then? Um, so the sun was going down at these points. And God. so, um, or some kids would see like a little, uh, I think it was a little girl in the park. And then we'd have to go back and start our whole clearing process over again. To make oh. sure no children were in the park. And were, was there ever a child in the park? There was never a child in the park, which made it super annoying because it pushed everything back like a whole hour and a half to getting home after you've already worked a 12-hour You're shift. You're probably exhausted in at that In the point. hot sun. Yeah. Working in the kitchen, there was no air conditioning. Ugh. So you're in 109-degree heat in Texas summer yeah. in a building with a pizza oven in it. And you're looking for a kid that yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. So uh, we had to spend the night two times in the park and let me tell you if you've never slept overnight at a water park at the top of a tube slide you haven't lived now are you sleeping on a cot or we brought uh sleeping bags out and then um but here was the catch so the owner was very adamant that we we catch these people and I was like, well, can we bring... Wait, uh, catch these people. Hold on. Yes. So is stuff missing now? Or right. are we still so connected? We it's morning. a separate story than the kids. This all stuff. connects. Okay. So oh, oh, oh. We oh. would come in in the morning <clears throat> and we'd go into the kitchen and somebody would have made a pizza. Full on made a pizza and left everything out on the counters. So we started yelling oh, that, at these poor kids. That's just me at my house. Right. We started yelling at these poor kids because we're like, we cleared this kitchen last night. Everything was put away. Wow. Why are you guys leaving stuff out? And so these poor kids would have to be like, um, we're, we're putting stuff away. We're cleaning everything. Like, I don't understand what's happening. So that led the owner to think that somebody was breaking in, potentially making a pizza. Oh, yeah. And going to eventually When rob. I got to have a pizza, I'm going to a water park at <laughs> 2 a.m. Right. <laughs> and so that led us to staying the night, attempting to catch the pizza. And how burglars. many people are staying the night during one of these It uh, was three girls. Stakeouts? So it was me Wait. and two other girls. Okay, I'm going to play dude for a second. Okay, yeah. No, I understand. I understand the plot Where holes. are the guys volunteering? I'll take care of this. Um, the girls are having to stay yeah, out. Yeah, and I was like, "Can we bring protection?" And they were like, "Absolutely not." As in, and, a, as in, a, as in a firearm. As yeah, in something, a Nerf gun. Uh huh. Nerf gun. Um, yeah. A wiffle ball. Anything. Um. No, can't can't do that. What? what and is, they said, "Hold on." If you saw someone, what did they want you to do? Um. So here was the the action plan. Here was the go plan. Okay. Here's the the Wait. hypothetical. Oh, we okay. see people breaking in. If if you see someone breaking in, we call the owner who lives. Get this. No, don't say. Two hours away. Unreal. And we let him know. Okay. That someone is currently breaking into the park. Not the police. And then our, the go plan is to run from the very top of this tube slide at the water park down. We don't have keys 
from the fence to the water park. So we have to practice before closing a couple nights, running from the top of the tube slide down to the fence, hurling ourselves over a seven foot fence no. and getting to our cars. No, <laughs> this is the dumbest <laughs> that thing was I the go I've plan. ever heard. And then we it would wasn't wait. connected to the federal government, but go ahead. <laughs> we would <laughs> wait in our cars until the owner arrived. And then here was the best part. He said, I'm not going to let, because it was a small town, so there's a local police department. And we're like, can you let them know that, you know, we're going to be staying here so that way when they patrol the empty parking lots at night, they don't think that we're the people that we're trying to catch. What, what, what is happening? And they were like, no, no. So every time the cop cars came, we had to hide in the, the slides. <laughs> I don't understand this plan at all. It was a, like, what could go wrong? Did the owner think that the bad guys would be there two hours later? Uh, I guess. I mean, I have no idea what was going to go on. I'm glad um, you didn't say the name of this place because this is the (laughs) dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's honestly the best thing that you could be a part of as a kid, like as as a stupid college kid, just being like, I don't have anything better to do on a Thursday night. Let's do this. And then you're just staying there. And the funniest thing is you you work at this park all day long, every day, and you're so used to hearing the sound of children and water splashing. Oh, kind of gets creepy. Then. Your brain counteracts that in the middle of the night. So when you're walking around at night, your brain automatically gives you sensories that uh-huh. makes it feel like you're hearing water running and kids playing, yeah. even though everything's shut down and the water's off. Been there uh, when I was 14. I worked at a miniature golf course, Uh-oh. and I worked uh, primarily indoors where the video games were constantly oh, cycling through. Nice. And you try to sleep at night, oh. you just hear that entire... Wait, you were sleeping on the job? No, I'm sleeping at night in my bed. <laughs> I'm tracking. <laughs> and and hearing all of these games cycle yeah. through. Pac-Man in the background, and you're just trying to get into REM sleep. Yeah, it, it was... Uh, it was not fun. So, it, but it was, and it's not Pac-Man. It's not like music and stuff only. Yeah. It's narration of like reality games and oh, stuff. Oh, no. Oh, it was, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I remember this like Old West shoot 'em up game where you'd stand <laughs> there. And anyway, so this, this old country prospector guy would give you the whole lowdown and you oh, just lay in no. bed at night thinking, yes, okay. And then the <laughs> saloon is where the, okay, I got it. Anyway, so did you catch anybody? Um, no, but some crazy stuff happened. Um, Under your nose? Did someone make a pizza while you guys were camped no, out? No, but we were in the uh, the office because we heard people um, outside the front gates. And we were like, this is it. This is what we've been trained for. <laughs> this is what all those hours of Ladies, pizza grab pizza. your... Um, <laughs> grab your... Just get ready to run. Let's let's go. So that was our plan. We were getting ready to run, and we were kind of um, we had gone into the front office, and so we were like, "How do we get out from here? This was not our plan. This we don't have a plan to run from here." <laughs> and so um, we hear people outside the front door, kind of where you're getting tickets, and um, we look on the motion cameras, and all the motion cameras for all the entire park are going off, like they're lighting up, detecting motion, and there's nobody outside. And so after that, we were like, yeah, we're going home. Like, we don't want to do this anymore. Wow. So so did we conclude they were ghosts or people? I have no idea. Boom, boom, boom. I have no idea. But so did that experience at that water park mm-hmm. with these unexplained occurrences with, mm-hmm. you know, the children appearing and disappearing yeah. at, after closing time, 
the voices at the gate and the motion sensors going off and mm-hmm. y'all not seeing anyone. Has that affected your take on ghosts, on whether or not they exist? And if so, um, which side do you come down? No, I think it's just affected my uh, viewpoint on small water parks. That was a boring answer. <laughs> thought there'd be more more to it than that. No, I don't know. Um, yeah. okay. There's a lot of other things that happened that summer. but uh, At that water park? At that water park. I is was it there. built? What is this like poltergeist water park? Is it, it built on a... It was built on... Because I'm, I'm very skeptical. On a cemetery. I'm very skeptical. But it was built on top of an old... Um, trailer park. I, I, I could have sworn that sentence was going to end with Indian burial ground, but and, continue. Uh, there was a police officer that was hired to uh, do security for a private uh, event at the park, mm. and he had told us some stories. And then after that, I was like, yeah, I, okay. Oh, okay. Good thing I'm, I'm done with this park after the summer. When you were in college, you were a uh, head writer for a comedy show? I was. What's that Late all about? Late night at North Texas. It was. Are these are these videos or audio? What are we talking about? Are they on the internet? No, it was a full show. We did. Uh, like I think where was it broadcast? Like was it um, on, on live or what? Yeah, so it was just kind of like channel that our college had. So it was a campus TV channel. Yes, and okay. then it was streamed separately on a different video platform as well. But we did about like six episodes a semester. And that was that was pretty cool. I mean, it, it pales in comparison to what we do here every single day. But it I want to see some of these videos. Let's not. No, what? you were the head writer. You're not proud head, of that time. I was. It was a heck of a time. <laughs> and we would do uh, man on the street stuff where we would go interview people outside of the bars in Denton. And uh, we would ask them questions like, do you have any pets? And they'd be like, you're racist. And we were like, all right, next person. And it was a bunch of fun. It was a bunch of fun. We went, we traveled um, to do a sketch um, that was kind of based off of the Blair Witch Project kind of style sketch. So we traveled to a camp called Camp Copass. I'm sorry? Yep. They, I think their whole point was to spell compass, but they forgot the M, so it just spelled Copass. And oh. it was a Christian park. Oh, no. Um, what? It was a Christian camp. And uh, one of the writers worked there. And so we were like, we need to utilize this place. And so um, there was a lot of jokes made about that. But, I bet there were. Um, it was a heck of a time. So um, do you think that these comedy shows that you were such a large part of, mm-hmm. do you think they would hold up today? I mean, granted, you were only in college a few years ago. And and do you think 20 years from now? How, Ooh, how 20 would they... years from now? I think it will still be funny to look back on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the jokes would still land. Okay, that's good. Because um, one of the things I've, I've mentioned on this podcast before uh-huh. with the previous guest was that my radio shows that I did in college that I was so proud of and thought mm-hmm. were so good, right? Mm-hmm. Me and uh, a friend of mine did, did this show and I recently found those cassette tapes, played them Uh-oh. in front of my kids and that oh, was a no. big mistake because <laughs> they rightfully mocked me mercilessly <laughs> because those shows were absolutely terrible. Oh, I no. was terrible. And I, I'm not saying that I've improved uh, from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Or 25. Wow, how many years? 22. I graduated in 98. I'm 24, Keith. Okay, so That's tw- just for reference. So when you were <laughs> two years old, I graduated from college. So What was that like? I'm saying that I thought those were so great at the time. Uh-huh. 
again, not saying that I've improved, mm. but yeah. I know for a fact that those shows live in my head as much greater masterpieces than they turned out to be. Probably, I'm probably, I can resonate with that. So I you think might, it will probably be better in my head. You might get to that point oh, yeah. where if you have access to those tapes, this is before there was a digital age. I mean, we had the internet, but it was, was there cell very rudimentary, barely. Did you have a beeper? Barely. I did not ever have a beeper. Mm. I knew plenty of people who did. Okay. You weren't cool then? I have never been cool. <sighs> Correct. But, see, that's the problem with, with the digital age is that this stuff, it lives out there forever somewhere. Oh, yeah. That Whereas is a I have a thing. cassette tape. Mm-hmm. I have just cassette tapes of my show that I could destroy if I wanted to, and I guarantee you that's the only record of them. What's a cassette tape? I will... Woman... So, anyhow, <laughs> so good luck. I hope that they do stand the test of time. I mean, or else I'm going to probably go back and look at them and later on. destroy them. And, yeah, mm-hmm. immediately request deletion. What is this other job, gym receptionist? I was a receptionist at a gym, Keith. That was kind of self-explanatory. No, that was my first job. <laughs> um, it was very funny because part of my job was to explain how to use the gym equipment. And I don't know if you've ever... Uh, uh. I'm not athletic at all, so I made up a lot of the instructions. People could have gotten injured <laughs> on stuff you told them. Not well, the way I was describing. I was just like, this works like this. And they're like, really? I was like, yeah, of course. And then it was Did anyone ever come up to you later and be like, I don't think that that's the right way to do that? Um, no, because I was a young, impressionable 16-year-old, and so everyone was kind of very nice to me. And so I could... Be like, this is how you use this weightlifting machine. Weightlifting machine. Well, and <laughs> and and your instructions sound very specific too. Mm. So that's just good. lift and then <laughs> breathe out. Uh, you're not married. Uh, do no. you um, have a love interest that you would care to discuss here on the podcast? You're not putting this in. You're going to edit this. I'm just out. asking if there is a love interest that you would like to discuss on the oh podcast. My That's all I'm saying. I'm a very private person, Keith. <laughs> and no, I'm not married. I'd be the meanest wife ever. Why do you say that? Have I'm you, not saying that it's inaccurate. You, oh, because wow. It probably is. Have you met me? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm a gem. I'm an absolute delight. I think you and Jen Prather would probably really attest to that. Oh, Sure. So let's see if you ever have downtime, because I know you stay very busy. I do. I do. What do you do? What are the options? Again, Um, okay, let's just say if mm -hmm. you had downtime, what would you do with it? Well. I love love your response on the email that I printed up and then promptly threw away. Yep. Sorry about that. Uh, You you typed, uh, not sure what that phrase, quote, downtime downtime means. means. It's very confusing to me. I'm not too sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I can can give answers based on what I think downtime is. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. I need to, I've wanted to learn this forever. Oh, I know where you're going here. Counting cards for blackjack. I've tried. I can't. So back when we were in quarantine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Assuming that whenever way, this airs, way back we are out then. of quarantine. Um, but before um, we could no longer or go outside, I had always wanted to learn how to count cards. And I was like, I have a bunch of time on my hands now. I'm going to just learn. And so I watched a few YouTube videos. And um, at the time of this podcast, if Windstar Casino has opened up, chances are I've been there. And wow. I will go Good for you. attempt to count some cards, oh, which is not works out. illegal. I will say it is How not illegal. It, it is frowned upon 
sure. but not illegal. But how can they tell? Um, If you are in groups, I think it's a little bit easier to tell. But if you're solo, you could just be like, they could just think that you're really concentrating. I want to know how that works out. I, I really, I'm... I'm dead serious. I will be trying it just to see how it goes because the process of it is very simple. You just have to be fast at actually adding numbers. Like, but oh, uh-oh. the whole thing is it's like, <laughs> I'm out. It's a basis of like negative one, zero, and one. So that's the only numbers that you're adding together, right? You're only ever to the whole card counting total. You're either taking away one, adding one, or adding zero. All right. Like, hmm. And okay. so as the cards are dishing out to everyone, including the dealer, you're counting every single card to keep a running tally I see. and then can decide what is left in the shoe at the table. Interesting. Very good. Is it, isn't YouTube great? It is. It's like, it's like a grandfather that knows everything. You just have to take and a moment. And can explain to, it in two minutes. Right. You just have to take some time <laughs> to watch it. Yeah. Right. It's got to be a quick video. I'm right. not. I'm not hanging around. No. For a ten minute explanation. I'm on, not hanging around for a four minute explanation. Thank you. I need sixty seconds or less. If just go over the the details. If of you it. can't explain it to me in two minutes, I or don't want to know it. Then I'm going to hire someone to do it. Right. Right. Okay. I think that's, that's fair. my whole life motto. See, you're sitting here telling this story about counting cards and blackjack uh-huh. and all this stuff. And every, not illegal. Right. Every time the, the, the game of blackjack comes up, I have this wave of bitterness flash over me where the Aladdin Casino in Las Vegas owes me about, I think it was 20 bucks that I should have won Four. at a table because I won the hand, won the yeah. round, right? And the lady's gathering up the cards, and even the guy who was at the table, Carrie and I, was looking over like, "Hey, he just uh, yeah, he he sh- you should be paying him out." Nope, uh, I had the high- whatever it was. Do you want to call them out and right I, now on the podcast? I should have called for the video, which I learned later you could do. Yeah, you could call for the video. I should have done that, man. But come I on, didn't. Keith. It was twenty bucks, it, and I haven't been. And granted, I mean that's nothing to sneeze at, especially because I was twenty-five years old. How long ago was that? Not answering that question. Okay. It was last week. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have hair then? That's the same um, trip where I played a 13-team parlay, and you put down $5, mm-hmm. and if you get all 13, and these were straight-up winners. This was so weird thinking about this again. Uh, it was straight-up winners. Mm-hmm. It wasn't uh, point spread. It was the first week of college football in 2001, so it was three days before 9-11. 2001? Yeah. I was 25. That's right. Do the math now. Yikes. So anyhow, I got the first 11 games right. What? I could win (laughs) $32,000. Right? Yeah. Okay. Following. Okay. I needed two games. The Mm -hmm. last two games. uh, Well, anyhow, I won't bore you with with the last two games, but I go to my, we were there for my stepbrother's wedding and Mm -hmm. it was a wedding reception night. That's Saturday night. And I'm standing in the hallway Halfway paying attention to all the speeches and all that stuff yeah. at the reception, halfway watching these games on these <laughs> monitors on the hallway, and I get one game wrong. It was close. It came down to like an onside kick, and uh, so that that I could still win three hundred bucks if I got twelve right. That's not bad. And then the last game uh, I got wrong, wasn't wow. even close. Whatever, and I ended up winning thirty-two dollars. So have you just been chasing that thirty-two thousand one high? Yeah. 
yeah. ever since. Yeah, pretty 19 much. 19 years. Yeah, if I lived closer to a casino than we do here in Dallas, which is, what, a couple hours away? Yeah, about yeah, an hour two. or so away. Yeah, yeah I feel like bad. it's kind of easy once you get the hang of it because everything else is just based on luck. Everything else is like throw this die, spin this wheel. Blackjack is kind of the only thing that you could actually put some strategy behind. Yeah, probably. Yeah, poker, I guess, right? Poker, yeah, but, I'm not know. good at that at all. Okay, so... What are some books you've been reading lately? Because you also say, you know, downtime, you like to read books. Yeah, I've been listening to so many audiobooks. I've been listening. Does that count? I think it does. Does it? Because you still obtain the the That's knowledge true. of the book. Okay, I'll, I'll give um, you that. But if it's a really interesting book, I'll actually buy the paperback or the hardback and read it. Okay, so um, what are some books you've been reading lately and uh, which do you really enjoy? Oh, my gosh. Um, anything by Annie Jacobson. I love and she's very um, knowledgeable. She does a lot of research on like the Nazis that came to America after well, so World War II. Stuff, huh? Yes. Um, Nazis that came to America after World War II and helped build our space program. So if you've never heard of that, oh, wow. um, we give no. a lot of prestigious awards in the scientific community that are named after Nazis oh, no. um, that not a lot of people know about. Um, she also has another good book that I read called Surprise, Kill, Vanish. I, I'm seeing that right now on Amazon. And it's about the um, execution teams that each president gets to have um, <laughs> and oh. what they're named by. And uh, their job is to eliminate targets without it being illegal. Those kind of books, uh, spy novels, thrillers, wow. I love it. Okay, very love good. It. Very good. You're trying to learn Yiddish? I want to just learn obscure languages because a lot of people look at me and they're like, you must know Spanish. And I'm like, I won't say my answer here. <laughs> but <laughs> Wait, with a last name of Ortiz? I want to throw people off. Yeah. I want to give people a run for their money. That's so whenever funny. people are like, do you, can you, do you know Spanish? I'm going to be like, no, I know Yiddish, though, or Russian. <laughs> I can help you with that. Good luck with that. That's I've awesome. actually learned like some like one-off phrases in Yiddish and Russian that I can tell people when they ask me if I speak Spanish. So you grew up with a blind 17-year-old Yorkie? Yeah, he's still has, kicking. Has he been blind for 17 years or just recently? He's been blind for like five or six. Oh. Yeah. How's he get around very well? Um, He uses a stick. Does he? Yeah. He's got a lean, like a cane? Yeah. With one a, of his paws? Yep. Has a wow. little tennis ball at the end. Oh, he does. He's very versatile. I'd kind of like to see that. Bring him up yeah. here sometime. What's his name? Uh, Lil Dickens. Lil, so, Lil Dickens. Like the... L-I-L? Yeah. Apostrophe after the... Last L, correct? Yes. Otherwise, mm. it's spelled incorrectly, I would right. intend. Right. Uh, I took care of a neighbor's dog that hung on for a very long time that was uh-huh. also blind. It was so sad. And, and and she'd bump into the yeah the wall, and you'd be like, no, come on now. Let's my, go. my favorite is uh, you'll go into the kitchen. He he lives with my parents, and um, he doesn't live on his own. Um, but he, uh, you'll go into the kitchen. Please edit that joke out. <laughs> that was so stupid. Go ahead. I, I didn't. It was so stupid. I didn't even pick it up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still rewinding it in my brain. He lives on his own, or he does not live on his I own. Because I said he lives with my parents. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so what happened? Did his little, his little cane get hung up somewhere? Yeah. So you'll go into the kitchen, and he'll just be staring at the wall, uh-huh. acting like he's a part of the conversation or a part of the camaraderie in the house. And so you'll have to like pick him up and like lead him back to the like, to the couch. Or like something. if everyone's staying in the middle of the kitchen. Yeah, he's facing the nearest wall, like acting like he is a part of everything. Is he going deaf on. too? Um, no, he just chooses to not listen, which is a difference. Selective hearing. <laughs> got it. Got yeah. it. Talk about some of your favorite music. 
Um, I'm huge into David Bowie. I love David Bowie. This is how my 2019 year went. Um, <clears throat> New Year's Eve, I made a list of resolutions. Mm-hmm. His star, uh, his album Black Star had just come out. There was rumors of a concert tour. I was like, no matter how much these cost, I will go. Actually, 2018. Thank sorry. You. Okay, I was doing the math there. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, so, so we're going from 18 into 19. Correct. Okay. No, yeah. 17 into 18. 17 into 18. Sorry, correction. Sold. And I was like, no matter how much these tickets cost, I will go see David Bowie. A uh, couple days later, he dies. So that's how my luck pans out. But I, anything David Bowie, I absolutely love and yeah. adore. Yeah, you, you, you uh, showed the rest of us that he actually recorded some stuff here he on did. our campus. And it was the studio that Chad used to be in. Oh, yeah. And it was so cool to walk into that studio every single day and be like, David Bowie got to record here. And there's actually... Um, a leaked audio mp3 online of the lost recordings of david bowie mm. at los Colinas studios that are incredible and so cool to listen to especially when you like worked in the same room um but yeah i love mm. uh beastie boys is another one i have very strange musical uh preferences yeah i'm not sure what italian rap is italian rap it is fantastic it's beautiful um it's very intense and uh, those arenas are sold out like crazy for an Italian rap concert. There's an artist named Fede, F-E-D-E-Z. Is that a bad word in No, no, Italian? that's just his first name. Okay. But that's a bop. All those songs are What does great. that mean, that's a bop? It's a good, like you bop your head to it. It's a bop. Is that a phrase that like young people use? That's a bop? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you should do an episode where no. we go over slang. Maybe. But yeah, Beastie Boys, Italian rap. I love classical music. What are some? Well, that is you definitely run the gamut. Thank what you. what uh, what are some slang words that would make me hip? Uh, that you know phrases or something. T. T. Like yeah, just the tea. letter T. No, no, no. Like T. The drink. So E-E-A? Yeah. So when you and Pat are talking about a certain politician, okay, you could you could say try this tomorrow. Um, you could be like, hey Pat, let's spill the tea on insert politician's name here and that means like share the gossip you know spilling the tea okay. i think you you should really utilize that one i did not write that one down uh-huh. I, I will be honest with you give me uh, some other options here um you can add the uh the word sister in front of a lot of things and it could be uh turned very hip you should probably ask your daughters about this okay. i feel like they would sister what are you doing like sister smash oh sister bop like, you could just add it in front of anything, and people will just automatically think that you are, like, of heightened um, sophistication and uh, Give me one popularity. more uh, option here. Uh, You're 0 for 2. Okay. Um, so another slang word, um, can't relate. So one time, Chad said that he got off the airplane, and he went, and they pulled, like, a, a car, his car up at the gate. When he exits, you know, when you go past out, get your baggage, everything. Yeah. His car is there. And I said, wow, can't relate. Can't relate you on could just being do, picked up at an airport. Yeah, yeah. But you could do it about measly things, too. You could, like, uh, someone's like, oh, I got to go, like, to Walmart um, after work. And you're like, can't relate. Don't go there. Don't shop there. Can't relate. Okay. Don't yeah. know her. No. So it could work anywhere it can on the work spectrum. either way gotcha all right last song you played on repeat was tom petty's american girl that's a good choice i tom petty we all love a good tom petty song you know what i mean uh, yeah rest in peace absolutely 
full moon fever. Unless he's come back alive since we taped this podcast. In that case, welcome back. Not going to be edited out for your benefit. (laughs) Okay, let's see here. Keep it relevant. Okay, I (laughs) just want to keep all the options open. Uh huh. (laughs) That's uh. That would be good if that happened. <laughs> I think. At this point, I uh, though, think. in 2020, at this point. Nothing is beyond the realm right, of possibilities. Tom Petty coming back to life would not make headlines. <laughs> like That would be like. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. That would be on page A12. <laughs> that would be on like delisted, like the fourth page in or like <laughs> the and New And before York we Post. go, Tom Petty has been <laughs> resurrected. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, oh okay. whatever. Yeah. That guy. When's lockdown over? Okay. <laughs> uh, what are some interesting talents you have? Uh, accents? And you said you will not be I doing these not. on the podcast. I will not. But when I was in high school, I used to do um, a decently good Russian accent. Yeah, let's hear it. And nope. I won't look at you while you do it. But I will say I have a British accent that I can do. And there is someone who works at this office who's Scottish. <laughs> and I have talk to him in the british accent and i've gotten the seal of approval from him all right so i want to say that that is as close as i can get to being legitimized in the british community the brit wait brits have a community um but i used to do a russian accent whenever we would have substitutes and then the substitutes would get very confused as to why they didn't have a separate like worksheet for me printed in russian (laughs) um so you were a troublemaker in school we could say that at the very least Mm -hmm. Uh, what's something people don't know about you you're going to have to edit this long pause out. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it in here. Um, do you want me to read your answer? Or do you know what? What was my answer? I only wrote these last night. At I was just about o'clock. to say. It's not like you got these weeks ago. Yeah, oh. I'm an enigma. Let's leave it at that. Wow. that's. I stand by that answer. Okay. Earliest memory? Um, probably family road trips. Those are always super fun. I was about fun. to say, if you don't remember this <laughs> answer from last night. <laughs> that was a... How it was you, a stretch. Yeah. You drove um, everywhere as a kid, huh? Yeah. We would do like 14-hour road trips. We still do as family, yeah. as a family, 14-hour road trip. That was or, a big deal yeah. when I would fly as a kid. And my favorite thing was um, we would be, it would be my mom, my dad, and me. And um, I would always be the one awake along with my dad who was driving. And mm-hmm. so he would stop at a gas station at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I, he would get me um, peanut M&Ms and a Coke. And that was like always like the best part of road trips because then it would just be like 2 a.m. at a random gas station on like Route 66. And you would make these 14-hour road trips straight through, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We did not stop for anything. And Mm -hmm. we'd go camping or um, we're really big into outdoor sports. So I did like a lot of kayaking growing up. I did figure skating, snowboarding. Um, I'm a big skeet shooter back in the day, archery. Good for you. All right. Do you not get to do that stuff anymore? Not anymore. Not since I don't know what downtime is anymore. That's true. Yeah. You have a couple of answers as far as the people who have impacted your life the most. Mm. Let's start with your parents. Yeah. How so? Um, I think just the way they raised me. I think um, big fan of it. Loved their work. Mm -hmm. Um, Did they... Did they learn from their mistakes from 18 years previous with your older sister? And by the way, I are think, you close with your older sister at all, or how's that work? Um, I, I introduced myself a couple years ago. Uh, we'll see if I hear back. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. We're very close. We, uh, the 18 years difference was really good because we skipped over all the nonsensical things of growing up with, an, uh, with a sibling. Yeah. We never fought over which room, um, who got which room. Yeah. We never fought over clothes or friends. And so we got to skip all that and just become best friends. Aww, so that was really cool. um, 
uh, I hope she doesn't listen to this because then <laughs> all of that is false and untrue. And this oh. has been edited to say that. She would be old enough to be your mom, quite she frankly. She is. A lot of the times that's mistaken. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I play into it when we go to the store together. That's and awesome. people assume that. Because <laughs> um, 18 years difference, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, what does she do then? Uh, is she completely different than you? Do you guys have any similarities she is whatsoever? completely different. Wow. Just the polar opposite of me. Huh. Um, and she is a dental hygienist. Okay. So her sure. life has been very interesting during I, the corona time. I bet so. The other folks that have made a big impact on your life are, uh, quote, the people who make bread at the Fort Worth Central Market. Yeah. They've seen me go through a lot because they know when I go up there and I pick like a whole sourdough loaf of bread, they know I'm not sharing that with anyone. Like, they see me at my worst, right? Uh I don't have a wedding ring on my finger. They know I'm going home and eating that loaf of bread by myself. That's my meal. Don't judge me. (laughs) They know. They know. And they just see, I can see it in their eyes that they're like, she's back. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, (laughs) all right. So you're saying that uh, staying at Texas A&M mm-hmm. would have been a mistake or oh, just a yeah. different path? Or? Completely different path. Like, I would not be in this room. There's yeah. no way that I would have made it back to, or even Is that, to And that's place. a good thing. Oh, yeah. Being in this room. Just making sure. I mean, you don't consider this like, oh, my gosh, I ended up in this room. Whereas if I stayed at Texas A&M, I would never have to do this stupid podcast. I would say in the building as a whole, I got it. this particular studio at mm-hmm. this particular moment, I would say <laughs> is example. not included. Right, right, um, but example. yeah, mm-hmm. had, I, had I stayed at A&M, I would have been a completely different person. I would have gone down a completely different path. Mm-hmm. And um, How did you almost work in Austin? Um, so there's a television festival down there, and they needed someone to help booking who was going to be going in between California and Austin um, to book people for this television festival. And um, I had an interview with them Oh wow! the uh, Friday before I had an interview uh, at the blaze. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and did they call back and say, Hey, we want you or. Um, yeah. And I was like, I am going to stay in Dallas. Wow. That was like the difference between Friday and Monday. So my goodness. Yeah. And what was the job that initially got you into the door here at The Blaze? Um, well, media producing for Pat Gray, right? Was it really? Yeah. Oh, my That's goodness. That's what I started out as. Um, back in the day when I was an intern, I worked on Think Tank. And um, it was kind of funny because before a lot of things happened, like at college and obviously just in like the industry in general, in between then, but after I was going to intern, or after I finished my first internship, I was going to come back and intern on the radio side. Oh, wow. The summer after. Um, and so a lot of things happened in between that, and but I wouldn't have had it any other way. You don't want to tell us about your most embarrassing moment? Correct, because it was very recent, and I'm still processing. Uh-oh. Was it in this building? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. All right, because uh, I'm just saying, if it was work-related, then I have no idea what it is. Right. But then you'd have to pass the people every day that were involved in it. But that's a good thing oh, that it wasn't in here. Oh, thank goodness. You're right, no. right, okay, right. very good. Don't get me wrong. I've done my share of embarrassing things in this office. True. Like walking into a glass wall Whoa. in front of several people oh, who no. have been sworn to secrecy. Wow. So... My goodness. Yeah. Did you injure yourself? Because I would have been, I would have probably just bled out right there if something like that um, happened to me. Well, it happened twice. The first oh. time I just ran into the glass 
by myself. Ran or walked into Walked into the okay. glass more like. Second time, had a coffee cup in my hand, oh, spilled no. coffee on myself. Oh, no. Um, then had to go back and clean it up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it was, no. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. Uh, your second most embarrassing moment involves a song by Eminem. Yeah. So um, when I was in high school, I don't know why these are all high school stories, but anyway, it was very <laughs> traumatic. because you're 24? Is that what you said? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. You're 24 years old. I mean, that's pretty recent. Yeah. So the principal asked me to welcome the new class of freshmen. Because I was a student body president, and uh, I was like, sure, um, here's a good idea. Let me throw this at you. I rewrite Eminem's Lose Yourself um, oh, for no. these kids, oh, and no. I wrap it. And so you I, had time to think this through. I th- thought was put into this, which Ooh. just makes me ashamed. Right, that's so. what I'm saying. It wasn't like a spur of the moment thing. You actually I, processed this before doing it. I wrote out lyrics, and um, thank God... Mm-mm. There was not phones allowed because. Oh wow! Wow. That would now that would be out there. Uh, if that see video, what I mean? This if, is what I was talking about earlier in the podcast. Right. This is this is where your life is being archived everywhere. Thank goodness I'm so uh, mysterious and aloof with social media and whatnots. Uh huh. You would like to start your own podcast? I would, and it's gonna. What would it be based on? Um, it's just going to be people coming on and reviewing pencil erasers, just different types, all different types of pencil erasers and which kind of mechanical pencil they trust the most. Cause I feel like that says a lot about a person. I mean, there could be a niche market. I mean, I would at least give it an episode to give it a shot. I'm interested in erasers because some erasers I will say are more effective than others. Whereas some, it doesn't take any time at all before they become uh, right. really hardened and, and old school, nasty. Yeah. You know, they don't erase. They just streak. And it can branch off into like pencil and, and pen products because a lo- uh, it says a lot sure. about a person if you come at me with like a big mechanical pencil mm-hmm. versus a paper mate. Like yeah. one of which I'm not talking to you. Wow. Which you know? one? Which one? Who do paper you? Paper mate al- always. You align with and the paper mate. And pilot number seven pe- yeah. pens. Oh my gosh! Don't so even can, come at me with a different kind of pencil. Thank you. Right, and 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 number two, pencils. Yeah. Oh, are uh, far and away yeah. superior. I don't even recognize another number. It does not exist. Very but no. Um. In all seriousness, I want to do kind of like a uh, scripted podcast. Help me understand. I want to do like remember Serial, which was arguably like the big podcast that came out where it was like a murder mystery. She like started investigating this old cold case and uh-huh. actually got it reopened, and that was kind of like the first big podcast. What's, and it's called Serial. Serial. It mm. was huge. S E R I A L. Yes, and that was kind of like the first mainstream podcast where people were like, "Wait, this could be its own industry." Because uh-huh. uh, I want to do something like that. I want to do like an investigative podcast. And you also want to write something of lasting impact or value. Yeah. Like, uh, what kind of topic are you talking about? I don't know. I just want to write something, whether mm. that's like um, a book or um, I don't even know. I don't even know. And I want to take down the Church of Scientology. Can I say that here? I just did. Please edit that out. You want to take down the Church of Scientology? Yes. How would you go about doing that? So, okay, I've shared this plan with several people in this building mm-hmm. who've advised me not to do this plan, but I'm a woman who does not take no for an answer. Uh-oh. So there is a Church of Scientology location like, five like minutes a, down the road. I was going to say, like, uh, less than two miles from here. Yeah, so I go Jeffy and, and I have threatened to go there all the time and watch their little propaganda video as long as okay. we remain tied to a running vehicle in the parking lot. And who offered to go with you? Uh, you did. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I go. I see the informational video. I say, I want to know more. Okay. 
and then I sign up with a fake name and then I get in I work my way up I go up the bridge of um, clearance what do they call it the bridge of enlightenment sure Uh, Um, okay I'm gonna need some money so if someone wants to do a GoFundMe so that I could afford the books and tapes um, of L Ron Hubbard keep talking I I got a plan for you but go ahead I already have the book of Dianetics I just need all the other ones Um, and then uh, you know bust it up from the inside out and would would you have recording equipment on you of course at all times i would have like hidden cameras i'd have i'd be wired um this is your podcast yes so i either this is this is this is what you do yeah so you'll either hear from me in a few years as the person who took down the church of scientology or the person who found jimmy hoffa's body which one comes first, I will leave for a mystery. But both are in the works. But what if you don't make it out of there alive? Will your stuff be automatically uploading to a cloud somewhere? Yeah, I'll die honorably. And so there we've come full circle. Not only do you have your podcast, really it sounds more like of a, a YouTube channel. There's mm. a video involved, right? Maybe. But it's also, um, you would have done something of lasting impact or value, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but you'd be forgot- uh, you, you wouldn't be forgotten. Whether Tom Cruise would agree with that, I'm not too yeah, sure. Whether you make it out alive or not, at least this stuff would be documented yeah. automatically for you. And you have a Very good old time. Good. Very good. And I will not be editing any of that out. Oh. Oh. No. You have any regrets uh, at your young age of 24? Um, just the last 50 minutes. <laughs> Very good. Everything what, I just what? said. Why do you want to travel to Russia? Is that so you could try out that Russian accent and see if it works? That, and I've always wanted to go to Russia. Like, people... Whenever I say that to people, people are like, that is ridiculous. That's insane. Um, I've been told by loved ones that they will not let me go. And I'm like, watch me. Um, but something mm. about having to like book a plane ticket and also buy K&R insurance, which is kidnap and ransom insurance, <laughs> just like, you know, yeah. tickles my heart. You might need that before you go to the Scientology place. I think it's a worthwhile adventure. And... uh yeah, like I want to be the person like this was my original goal, but there's no like career path for this of like being the one to infiltrate different cults and oh, understand cool. why people believe what they do. I would say that make a good podcast theme. Right? However, you might they might start realizing who you are. Not if you just bulk and then like bulk oh, release don't. it. Yeah, there you go. And be like, remember that chick who got really good at the Branch Davidian stuff? She was recording it all. The problem, <laughs> the problem is, is someone else exposing these cults before you're able to release all your stuff. Mm. Uh-huh. Not all of them at one time. I'm going to hit all the cults at one time. Good luck. Thank you. Social media handle is it just on Twitter? Just on Twitter. And I'm going to let you spell this because it's spelled so wrong. It is spelled so wrong, but it, it is, is so right. It is ridiculous. Um, you're at oldest millennial, no, but it's no, you gotta okay. Spell it out. At underscore uh-huh. O L D S T M I L E N I A L. If anyone will bother to like type you, that out, I don't know. You've but, misspelled millennial. Um, you've taken the E out of oldest. Because as a millennial, it's my right to see letters as I see fit. <laughs> and there was just too many L's, too many N's. And I was like, we need to cut this down. So really, it's it's underscore old street millennial, which is spelled oh, wrong. Oh yeah, and old street. The, the best part is I I put out decent tweets. Um, one that I think did not get enough recognition. Did you? Was um one that I think the animal rights activists would really love, which okay. which said, "You mean to tell me the song Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy' had nothing to do with animal rights?" 
I'm going to take your picture for the thumbnail. Be sure to smile big. It's so bad. I don't like this at all. Don't hide. Oh, my God. She's hiding behind the I'm microphone. <laughs> all right. Thank uh, you. The, the, the shadow. Move the microphone out of the way. No. All right. Three, <laughs> two, one. All right, cool. Very Thank good. Uh, Candace Ortiz of The Blaze. She produces Chad Prather's show, which you yes. can find. Anything that we haven't covered you want to add here? I'll take that as a no. Thank you for uh, <laughs> Thank spending you for time, time on At The Mic. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Look for At The Mic Show on Twitter to connect. Connect.